Hello, this is Meet the Writers. I'm Georgina Godwin, and my guest today is Celia Paul. She's one of Britain's most important artists and sees herself as an autobiographer or chronicler of family life and connection, but through the medium of portraiture. She was famously accepted into the Slade aged just 16. Her first book, Self Portrait, was published to critical acclaim, and her second is an intimate insight into her affection and admiration for the artist Gwen John. Celia Paul, welcome. Thank you. Uh, this is a very, very beautiful book and it has paintings by both of you reproduced yes. in, in the book. And I think I'd really like to start off by you just telling us about Gwen John. Well, I'm, I'm not an art um, historian and I'm not an art expert. My connection to Gwen John feels sort of intimate personally. She and I share quite a lot of things that um, she grew up in Pembrokeshire and came to the Slade. I grew up in North Devon and also came to the Slade. And Gwen's older brother, Augustus, had attended the Slade before she did and um, she she came, you know, to join him there. And... Um, from the very beginning at the Slade, he was kind of called a genius, and um, she she was very talented, but he was given all the kind of accolades and attention. He was always extremely supportive of Gwen and believed in her talent. He thought she was more gifted than he was. He was very, very generous in that way but I think she she felt kind of closed in by his kind of focus on her and she didn't really want to accept his offers of help for her to exhibit and that kind of thing she found exhibiting her work very stressful and she found his interest in her sometimes quite overbearing and so when she was still a young woman, she left London and went to live in Paris, where she earned her money by being an artist's model. There were various English women painters and sculptors in Paris that she modelled for, and she then started to model for Auguste Rodin, who was the most famous sculptor of his day and they had a passionate affair he was much older than her she was only 27 when she started the affair with him and he was 63 and she fell desperately in love with him he had a lot of other relationships and he was also married and committed to his wife she knew she was one of many, but that didn't kind of stop her from falling in love. Mm. And um, she was a very, very passionate person, although a lot of people described her as being timid and shy, but she had very passionate feelings. And she 
managed throughout her life to channel her emotions into her art in this tremendously self-disciplined way. She, Rodin went on kind of visiting her throughout his life and although they never kind of were committed to each other and she was really very heartbroken when he did die. He was 77 when he died and she was just over 40. And after his death, she had various relationships that didn't really come to anything. She was a tremendously demanding person emotionally, but really was very conflicted about being in involved with someone when she so needed her solitude to work. And towards the end of her life, she became a complete recluse. And she she um, had a studio just outside Paris in this place called Merdon, where she lived um, a very solitary life with very, very basic requirements. And she was only 63 when she died. And when she knew she was dying, she made the journey from Paris to Dieppe because she wanted to have one last sight of the sea, because the sea had always been so important to her, growing up in Pembrokeshire on, in a coastal town, as she had. Um, but she, she collapsed in Dieppe and died there, and her, and her grave is in Dieppe. There's some suggestion that she died from malnourishment, from starvation. Yes, I don't think she looked after herself at all well. She may deliberately have tried to starve herself. I don't know enough about that. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me at all. She was um always very self-denying. She had relationships with both men and women. Yes, yes she did. Um from when she was very young she had relationships with women as well as men. I I don't know enough about the details but it seems very likely to me she and um Dorelia uh, Augustus's second wife. I wouldn't be at all surprised if she had a relationship with Dorelia. Uh, it was Gwen who introduced Dorelia to Augustus, and um, yeah, I think she she was very, very definitely bisexual. Tell me about her work. Well, her work is extremely intense and very, very focused and deeply spiritual and very quiet, usually on a small scale, intimate subjects and a muted palette. And would you say that, would you describe your own work in that way? I think we both share this need for solitude. I think that interior quality of intensity is something I aim for. I, there's another painter I, I really identify with as well, or connect to, and that's Agnes Martin, who I think shares that same quality of spiritual quietness. I think that's what I, what I do aim for, 
the scale of my work has sometimes been bigger than Gwen's. And, and I think I, I deal with darker subjects than Gwen does. Mm. It's lovely to see in the book because, of course, it does actually uh, reproduce work by both of you uh, and it's wonderful to flick through and see them t mm. together. Yes. Going back to, to other similarities, of course, you were both at the Slade, but you too came un under the influence, I'm going to say, of a much older man. Yes. Yes, I, I met Lucien Freud when I was 18 and he was a visiting tutor at the Slade. He was 55. I'd not long before I met him, seen an exhibition of his at Anthony Doffe in Deering Street, and I felt an immediate connection to his work. At the Slade, the emphasis on life drawing, I'd found that very alienating, because you drew a kind of a life model that meant nothing to me at all, and I couldn't understand, and I still don't understand why people do life drawing classes. Hmm. But when I saw Lucien's work, he worked from his lovers, his daughters, his very close friends, and most importantly for me, his mother. Because when I met him, I just started working for my own mother. And the paintings of my mother were the paintings I most wanted to show Lucien. And I think he felt a connection to me from the start. And I was very immature. I mean, I know, I know um, a lot of people at 18 have had, a, you know, sexual experiences and everything, but I, I hadn't. I'd been at a girls' boarding school and I'd grown up. Um, my father was head of this religious community on the North Devon coast. And um, so I was, I was very, very unworldly and didn't at all know what I was getting into with Lucien. And I think almost before I knew it, I was kind of very involved and, and in love with him. Was it a painful relationship? It was very painful. He was never faithful to me. He loved me, that I'm sure of, but that didn't stop him having numerous relationships, which I was very jealous about. And like Gwen John, I used my art as a way of channeling my, my feelings and self-discipline. I became extremely tough. He painted you? Yes, he painted me, yes. Um, he didn't start painting me for a couple of years. The first painting he did was a nude called Naked Girl with Egg. I didn't like sitting for it at all. I felt exposed and self-conscious and I didn't feel desired. It was, and so after he'd finished that painting, I refused to sit for him naked again, which he respected, and he and he didn't. So, but 
I sat for him because I loved him and it was a way of spending time with him. But I, I didn't... I felt very claustrophobic sitting for him. I've never liked to be looked at and I felt scrutinised constantly. I loved the attention he gave me, but that's a different thing to being scrutinised. He was very willing to sit for me. In fact, he, he loved sitting for me. I did, a, um, you know, quite a few drawings of him. But somehow the, the balance wasn't right. He didn't interest me as a subject. This book is letters comparing your lives, really. But, of course, Gwen John long dead and you're writing to someone who can't possibly write back. But it's beautifully done. Just tell me about deciding on, on this form of, of book. Well, in my first book, Self-Portrait, I relied quite a lot on diary entries that I'd made when I was a young woman. And I think a diary and a letter share common things that they both seem to be written in the present, in the present tense, about something that's happening now. And I wanted to aim for a similar kind of immediacy. And so I thought that by writing letters that I could carry on what I felt was successful in self-portrait by creating an atmosphere of immediacy. And I think, in a way, letters also are like paintings. Um, I've defined painting as being like handwritten letters, that the character of the the writer of a handwritten letter is shows in the handwriting in a similar way to uh, in a letter uh, in a in a painting and and so i i felt that as a painter this would be a way of being able to write i'm not a narrative painter or writer and I don't tell stories, I get very confused often by plots and so um, I felt this was would be a way of actually bypassing that while conveying a story. Mm. You, you write, uh, you say John's paintings live in the constant presence and that you notice her sometimes in the street or passing you by. Tell me more about that. Well... Often people have asked me, you know, when was it I started to be interested in Gwen John? And I simply can't answer that question. I feel I've always known her intimately. I know what she looks like, not only from her self-portraits. I feel absolutely certain of her presence and I can hear the quality of her voice, even though I've never heard her. I know her, and it's a very difficult thing to describe. I think... I know this sounds a bit kind of <laughs> far-fetched, but I think through... We're both of us very spiritual people and artists, and I think that can give you a 
a more fluid sense of time. Yes, yes. You talk about your son, you talk about becoming a mother and, and also your fears. You say that you could lose forever this privileged view of the world from a child's perspective. Yes, one of the things that I think is most difficult about being a mother is taking responsibility, being the, the grown-up. And it requires selflessness and caring and... To be um, an artist, you have to be selfish. You have to put your own desires first in the way that a child does. And I think women who have children are particularly conflicted mm. about that. And not many of them willing to admit it either. No, no. It's... it's um, yeah. I sense that, that, that you and Gwen John share that self-imposed hardship and and I wonder if that's that's because you are so like her that that's what you're drawn to or for some other reason well it that's a it's a very complicated complex point that you're raising and there again I think it's quite controversial for a lot of women that for myself personally I know that I work best when I've suffered. I have been painting like I've never painted before since the death of my husband. And I've painted extremely well when I was most desperately unhappy about Lucian. And I've painted extremely well when I've been in love with somebody and it's been unrequited. So you could say that I'm a masochist. <laughs> but um, I've also noticed that when things are easier and, you know, everything's fine, I don't paint so well. So that's a, it's a difficult... So this self-imposed hardship is actually... I'm trying to go for beauty... What a what a dilemma to be in because who doesn't want to be happy in some Yes, way? yes, that's right. It, uh, I mean, I've read a lot of mystical texts like St John of the Cross who kind of advises hardship as a way to get kind of spiritual union with God. And I'm more complicated about religion than... When she she became a Catholic, I, if I were anything, I would be a Catholic. I think, and religion is very much part in my in my blood, through having grown up in a religious family, and so it's not unfamiliar to me that idea of self denial being an important path to, to God. Mm. The letter's obviously one-sided. What do you think she would say to you if she could write back? I'm not sure. I've been worried that she might find it intrusive. I think if she and I, you know, were contemporaries, I have a feeling that 
I would find her extremely difficult. I think she she was a very, very needy and demanding person. She got obsessed with people and required their attention all the time and then would suddenly kind of disappear. I think if she and I were friends, I would take the kind of big sisterly role. I suppose a bit, I mean, I hope this doesn't sound boasting, but I, a, a bit like how Charlotte Bronte behaved with Emily Bronte, that Emily was kind of outraged when Charlotte raided her, you know, her chest of drawers and found these poems and wanted to get them published because they were private to Emily. But if it weren't for Charlotte, Emily's poems wouldn't be known. So I, I think I have a similar role towards Gwen. And it's interesting that you bring up the Brontes because they were an influence. Yes, I, I feel very, very connected to the Brontes in a similar way that I do to, to Gwen. Celia, thank you so much. It's I, I wish we could talk longer. It's um, it's a really affecting book, and I wonder just finally before we go, you were talking about sort of hardship and, and needing that to to spur on your work. I suppose, does the same apply when you're writing? I don't think so. I think they're very different things. Although, hang on, maybe that's not right. I think I consider myself. A painter. I don't consider myself a writer. I only write things when I feel I need to say something explicitly. I don't have any plans to write another book, whereas I, I paint every day. Well, I think the world is missing out <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, Celia Paul, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Letters to Gwen John is by Celia Paul. It's published by Jonathan Cape and it's out now. You've been listening to Meet the Writers, thanks to the production team of Nora Hull and Lillian Fawcett. And you can download this show and previous episodes from our website or app, from SoundCloud, Mixcloud or iTunes. I'm Georgina Godwin. Thank you for listening. <laughs>